Look what Abraham Lincoln, this is what he said. Reputation is the shadow. Character is the tree. Winston Churchill said this about character. The first duty of the university is to teach wisdom, not a trade. Character, not technicalities. So character is what actually makes an individual. And so when we think about what McQuillan was actually going through at the time, he was going through a tough time. And we as Christians might ask ourselves, why me? Why not you? The Bible says that tribulation work of patience, experience, experience, and hope. And hope is shed abroad by the Holy Spirit, which is given unto us. So, If you are going through a difficult time right now, guess what God is doing? He's refining your character. He's refining the character what's in you that needs to come out so that when another person experiences those difficulties in life, you're able to talk with them and tell them the experience that you had. To help somebody else go through the same process, but a little bit easier. So the trials and the tribulations based upon our difficult times develops character. Okay. One definition defines character as the mental moral qualities distinctive to an individual. Let me say that again. One dictionary defines character as the mental and moral qualities distinctive to an individual. Another says it is the complex of mental and ethical traits marking a person. So when we talk about character, uh, it reminds me of how we actually live our lives When nobody is looking. When nobody is looking, you know it and God knows it. So character is to say, okay, God, when I come to church on Sunday, this is who I am. And when I leave from church on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday and Saturday, I'm still the Christian who walked in those doors on Sunday and left to go to my work week or whatever I do after I leave this church. That's character. Because that is a moral conviction based upon the ethical beliefs that we have in God to say, this is who I am. Now, the Bible clearly states in the word of God, be ye holy because I am holy. This is what I was taught some time ago. Uh, Be a person of your word. Say what you mean and mean what you say. So many Christians 
or pseudo-Christians say that they are Christians, but yet when they get around their friends at work, they act another way. They know the world lingo. They know the latest dance. They was up in the club and doing what they do with everybody else. But on Sunday, they come to church and they put on their Christian attitude. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. I'm blessed. But God is saying that as an individual, your character is who you say you are. God is looking for individuals to be real with their walk with Christ. Now, I'm looking at McQuillan and I'm saying that was, he said he was a man of his word and integrity. He had integrity. So, when we represent Christ in the world, we have to be faithful and true to his word. So, our character is a byproduct of that faithfulness to say I'm going to be faithful to God, to my spouse if you're married, to my church, wherever you go to worship God. And I'm going to live and say who I am in front of anybody. Because Christ said this, if you be ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you before the Father. So our character is so important where we as individuals must have character. We must be able to keep our word. We must have integrity. We must be able to say what we mean and mean what we say. Okay. So let me give you some scriptures in regards to character. And we'll, we'll talk about some of those. Romans 5, 3. Uh, Romans chapter 5, verse 3 to 5. And I think this is a different version, but I'm going to read it anyway. It says, moreover, that we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. And I believe I quoted this early. And endurance produces character and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame. Because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who is given to us. Okay? So if you're going through some suffering, some difficulties, again, that is just to develop you, develop your character, develop who you are as an individual in Christ so that you can grow. Okay? That was Romans chapter 5, verses 3 to 5. Um, I'm not sure what version it is, but Romans chapter 5, verses 3 to 5. Okay. And even Jesus said this in Mark 13, 13. Uh, He said, we will face trials and sufferings on earth. Romans 5, 3 to 5 shows that 
in suffering, true character is formed, which pushes us to hope because we have God's love poured out into our heart. I'm read it again. Romans 5, 3 and 5 shows us that suffering, true character is formed, which pushes us to hope. Because we have God's love poured into our hearts. Okay, and we know that our scripture in regards to uh, the fruits of the spirit, Galatians 5, 22 and 23 says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such there is no law. So true character is shown in how you act in any situation. True character is shown how you act in any situation. So if you want a job and that person that you dislike says something to you and you dislike it, how are you going to handle it? You're going to go off the deep handle. You're going to scream and holler. You're going to cuss, etc. How That's when the rubber meets the road and how we react to certain circumstances. Don't you know that God would allow, in other words, uh, we heard uh, Pastor Calvin Brown, God will let the heads come down a little bit. He'll let it come down. He'll allow us to be tested. Right where we need to be tested. Because you know what? God sees, uh, this is what he sees. The Bible says in Psalm chapter, uh, I'm sorry, it's not chapters, but Psalm 1, it says, uh, we shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. And in our season, we shall bring forth fruit and our leaves shall not wither. And whatsoever we do, we shall prosper. So when God looks at us, okay, yes, he sees human. He sees a spirit. He sees our soulish area. He sees our thinking, our thoughts. But he also sees us as a tree. Because when God does not see any fruit bearing on the tree, then he says, okay, then I'm going to have to cut you. In other words, God is going to cut away some things that need to be cut away so that we can grow. In other words, God's saying we, he wants us to produce more fruit. So I'm going to let you say something. So whenever God says that we have the circumcision of the heart. Now the circumcision of the heart, the, uh, what God had told uh, Moses on the eighth day he said listen I want you to circumcise the male child after the eighth day so it was cutting away the foreskin so when we are circumcised in our heart God is taking away some of the things that does not need to be there he's removing them so when God does this situation allows the head to come down and allows us to be tested the true character comes up this comes up. Either you're going to get mad because that person said something to you or said something behind your back or did something you didn't like. Or you're going to react and say, well, you know what? Praise God. Um, I'm not going to allow my emotions 
to get the best of me. Because sometimes our emotions get the best of us. We might be having a rough day and then, bam, something happens. We just go off the deep end. We just go off on the deep handle. Because all the pressure's been on your shoulders all day long, all day long, all day long. Instead of uh, God, instead of God said, come unto me, all ye that labor and that are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. In other words, give it to God. Let him take all the pressure. Let him, let him carry it. You don't have to carry it. That's what prayer is all about. So when the tests come up, then you'll be able to handle it. You'll be able, the way that you're supposed to act as a Christian will come up. Well, praise God. You know, I'm just, that person come over, you start talking. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. You know, whatever this person said about me, praise God. I'm just, I'm going to pray for him. I, you can just take that gospel on over there, go on back over to your cubicle, because I don't want to talk about it. Why entertain it? You know you're going to get mad. Somebody talking about you and you don't like it. Rob, I'm sorry, go ahead. And I believe that's a process. And, 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 and of course. The, more, the more closer the relationship we are with God and knowing the word, the easier it is to get away from our old self and the things of how we dealt with when we were in the world than the way we deal with it with our relationship with God. And um, so I was, I was thinking about what you was talking about, about character. And I, I opened up to Joseph and how Joseph and... Uh, 5020 in Genesis 5020, um, his father had just died, and the brothers were worried about him taking up vengeance against them. And um, and he told them, he said, But as for you, that meant evil against me, but God meant for my good. It is in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many alive. Now, therefore, do not be afraid. I will provide for you and the little ones and your little ones. And he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. And John Maxwell said, he says, how does one develop such godly and rare perspective? He said, what enabled Joseph to refrain from extracting the kind of vengeance most of us would be tempted to dish out in similar circumstances? One word, character. He said, because Joseph spent years in God's character building course, he could maintain a proper perspective and use his power to bless his brothers rather than curse them. And, and let me say this about Joseph. Joseph, he, the other situation that he had when he went to jail when he was working for Potiphar, the scripture says that woman was beautiful. And, you know, he was a handsome man, you know, he probably was a little stout, you know, and doing a lot of work. And she tried to manipulate him to do something that he knew that would be against the man that he worked for and against God. That's character. He knew that it was wrong. When you know that it's wrong and you do wrong, to him it is sin. 
what it is. Amen. Praise the Dr. Lord. Andrew. You know, I recall uh, an incident when I was working. I was the administrative support to the regional health administrator, um, and at times also our regional director for the Department of Health and Human Services in Philadelphia. So that entailed a lot of meetings. <laughs> Amen. So we were in this particular meeting, and one person that one of our managers had hired, um, I knew in my spirit was, was a bad move uh, on her part in selecting this person. I could just, you know, feel things was just a mess with her. Um, one of them was the fact that she's a very aggressive person. She lies, you know, the whole bit. So this one particular time as we were in a meeting, um, they were asking me about uh, what I think could, we could do better uh, that would help the office to flow better and so forth. So I offered uh, some suggestions and this person uh, became very agitated, angry at me and, and she spewed out a lot of lies. And, and I just said, you know what, uh, what you're saying is not true. I said, I am not about that, that is not me. And, you know, and I knew that it was the Holy Spirit because, see, the old Brenda would have taken her down in that office. But you know what? But the new Brenda... <laughs> but, but the new Brenda was just... I was just, you know, amazed at the Holy Spirit working in my life, that particular character. Because anyone that knew me before I was saved, they, <laughs> they just stayed away from me. Amen. But anyway... <laughs> <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> but after the meeting was over um, and so forth, and, and I saw some of the managers, how they thought that, oh, you know, because this person is new, Reverend Andrews is not giving this person a fair break. Uh, I had a meeting again with my regional health administrator, and I said to him, look, the person is not a team player. Um, I've tried to explain to her the protocols of the office and how she cannot use the logo of the Department of Health and Human Services as a standalone within the department, but she's got to follow that which is right because if she doesn't, she's going to bring an embarrassment upon the department. She's going to bring Washington down on our heads just with little small stuff. So um, they looked at me and said, well, you know, da-da-da-da, and she this and she that, I won't call her name. And I said, okay, I said, let me tell you what's going to happen, mm. okay? And I said, this is what I feel that my spirit is going to happen. You will see the real person later on. You will see it. And lo and behold, when I retired, praise God, and I uh, had to go to a retirement party for another person within the office months later, the management came to me and told me you were right. Everything you said was correct. How did you know? I said, uh, mm. I said, well, you know what? <laughs> I said, I, I, I've tried to, to warn you about that, but you had to see for yourself. Because what she did was she dragged them through the mud where their, our higher up was all over them. And they were just miserable, these, these people. And they said, you know what? Next time you say something, we're going to listen. I said, well, you have to come to my house because, you know, I've been retired now, so. <laughs> <laughs> Praise the Lord. But it was just amazing, you know, that um, the, the character that, that God had produced in me, that, you know, through the lies uh, that were being spewed at me and, and, and so forth, um, that I could just remain calm because I knew who I was, know who I am. 
Praise God. And I knew that God would fight that battle. So you know what? Can't nobody get you like God can get you. Amen. Pastor Bruce. Uh, the process. Yes, sir. It's a it's always it's a, it's a ongoing process all the time. And we're faced with the challenge of the process every day to develop this character of Christ. Mm-hmm. To revert back to the old way is easy because we're still in the flesh. And the flesh will produce unrighteousness every time. Every time. And the test, the test is, or the challenge is, not allowing your flesh to dictate the negative character. That's always the battle. That's always a, it's a constant battle. Everybody goes through it. Nobody is exempt. Of course not. Even, even you, when you, you're ministering now, you got to deal with it as well. Everybody. One of the things that Minister Brown, and he had my head swimming Sunday. I mean, I was like, I was like, if you didn't, if you didn't hear the message, you got to hear the message. I was like, yeah. Because I never heard the message of Jude minister on that way. You always talk about the negative things that attack Job. Absolutely. All this bad stuff, has his mm-hmm. flesh, everything. This is one of the things that showed, the Lord showed me when he, was, when he was ministering. Your character would dictate your speech. Whatever character's in you, that's what will come out your mouth. What the enemy wants, now there, like he said, there was the office of Lucifer. And there's the ministry of Satan. The ministry of Satan is to uh, cause you to get off focus of God. That's Satan's ministry. The more that you offer the focus of God, you are diminishing your character. Your character. The more you speak about the devil, you are ministering the ministry of Satan. The more you talk about the devil, the more you don't even have to mention him out your mouth. Because what you're actually doing is giving free publicity. You do. When you talk about the devil all the time, you don't even know you're doing it. You think you're rebuking the devil. Mm -hmm. Actually, you're lifting him up. Because there's so much in God that we need to learn and talk about. We ain't got to talk about the devil at all, anyway, anytime. So it it says in James, it says, Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. When you are tempted and tried, it's the patience of God that's trying. God's trying to build that character of patience in you. Let patience have her perfect works. It calls patience her. You know why? Because she's pregnant. She's pregnant with, 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 with attributes, humility, humbleness, kind. It, it allows those, that fruit to develop. And that character to display itself when you are patient and calm. You know, if you're out of control and you're flying off at the mouth, mm-hmm. that's ministering the ministry of Satan. Because all the wrong stuff is coming out your mouth all the time, all the time. So Christ-like character is not displayed. So God wants to get you to be patient and deal and handle with every situation. Like you said, if you ran off your mouth, if the old you, you'd have got fired. You would have never retired. Mm-hmm. You would have lost your job because they've been scared of you. 
<laughs> they would say, they would say, you know who snapped in, in the break room on Friday? She'd be the first one we lay off. Why? Because we know her character now. She can't handle the pressure. So the old you has to stay dead. So every time the old you rise up, throw some dirt on him. Bury him. Bury him again. Yes, you Bury have to. Every day. And listen, no, no. We're, uh, Brother Rob. Me and Brother Rob is the only men here. And we got to throw dirt on the old char- our old character all the time around. No, just love, love you ladies. Love you ladies. But around a bunch of ladies, and I call you ladies. I didn't say around a bunch of ladies. I'm telling you, you can lose your character if, you don't, if you're not mindful of it's your flesh. Come on. It's, I'm going to tell you, Rob. I'm serious because ladies... Women keep stuff going on all the time. All the, come on, y'all. Give me an amen, y'all. Come on, y'all. Come on. I'm not, I'm, t- I'm not trying to down you. I'm not trying to down you. But something going on all the time. And to men, and to men, men are saying, men are saying, wait a minute. What, what is going on? So sometimes you got to walk away from it to keep your character intact. I'm a, I'm a true Rob. I'm a Mr. Rob. You have to. Because if you get caught up, and to every little thing that goes down, you'll lose your character. You'll lose it. And it's just a... Come on. All excellent commentary. I agree 100% with everybody has been saying. I mean, excellent. Excellent. It, on, Pastor Graham Sunday preached so. I'm like Pastor Bruce. There was so much in that sermon yes, it was. that set me on fire. I, 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 I cannot not go over this over and over again. But one of the things just came out when you were talking, Pastor Bruce, and I got this revelation there. God called Jesus down from the beginning to the end so that we would receive salvation. So Jesus had to wait the time that's our time, not his. God didn't, don't work in time. He had to wait all of that time to do what he already knew he had to do. Now, now, just picture this. He had to watch the Israelites go out and act a fool for 40 years. He had to watch king after king not do what they were supposed to do. He had to watch people he bought on and taught of himself not fully accept him. Now, I skipped through the whole Bible from Genesis to Revelations. And still had to keep his integrity in line through all of that. And his integrity had to be part of his faithfulness because he knew in the beginning what his job was at the end, and he could have done it first. But he kept his mouth closed, didn't show up until the right time, didn't say anything until he was given what to say, and then died and kept quiet, and then it all happened. All I'm saying is Jesus was a perfect model of integrity. If you you look at his whole life from the beginning to the end, he did just what he was supposed to do when he was supposed to do it without wavering. All those years, he never wavered. We don't hold that. I don't know. Sometimes I think we lose our focus in that. 
We waver in it. We, we forget that we are a purpose and a mission here. Everybody may not be the same, but we all are the same. <laughs> and so he's a perfect example of the faithfulness and the integrity it takes, because I think that I'm hearing you now, Elder, that the integrity it takes to be faithful means that you got to be steadfast and unmovable. Amen. Praise God. Um, it, it, you know, the Spirit of the Lord is dealing with me right now in regards to one of my favorite texts and coming out of uh, Matthew chapter 26, uh, verse 36 to 46, when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane. Now, uh, I've been teaching on that probably since September of last year. Um, and God has shown me quite a bit in regards to him being in the Garden of Gethsemane. I'm not going to go through all of that, but I, I think the main is that, number one, when it got difficult for Jesus, and it was difficult because he was about to give his life. He was about to die. God never died before. He never died before. So, in realizing what was actually going to happen, uh, the scripture says that he took his disciples to the Garden of Gethsemane. And some of the disciples he left behind and then the inner circle, James, John, and Peter. He took them with him a little bit further. And the Bible says that he prayed one time. Then he told them to stay awake and he prayed again. And he said, Father, if, it, if there's any way that this cup can pass from me. He said, but nevertheless, not my will, but thine will be done. Now here Jesus is sweating great drops of blood. Uh, pastor always talks about how his capillaries open and he just begin to sweat drops of blood. Um, so based on his relationship with God he remained faithful to the plan even though he didn't get an answer that he wanted to hear all pastor always says remember the last command and militarily if you were given a command whatever last command you were given that's the one you follow so Jesus followed it to the letter that last command he was faithful. That was his character that he would not deviate from the father's plan of what he called him to do. Okay. Uh, another scripture I want to read is uh, Colossians chapter 3 verse 12 to 15. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humilities, meekness, and patience, everything that... Uh, Pastor Bruce was talking about bearing with one another and if one has a complaint against another forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you this is one of my favorite scriptures as well so you also might forgive and above all these things put on love which binds 
everything together in perfect harmony and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful. Again, a character is shown in how you deal with things. Are, are you going to deal with it from a Christian perspective based upon the moral beliefs of what the word of God says to do and how to react when those situations happen when they come? Or are we going to make a choice? And here's where the power of choice comes in. You have a choice. God never, ever forced us to do something that we choose not to do. He presents what we should do. And then on the other hand, of course, we have uh, multiple uh, fights. You have the flesh, the spirit of flesh, contrary one to another and fighting against one another. You have the world, the flesh, and the devil himself coming against you to make a choice. It's a powerful thing with free will when it comes to what God did with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. So God is saying, are you going to make the right decision based upon what I said to do or are you going to make the choice to do something that you shouldn't do? Elder. I have a, a, a perfect example this week of being challenged in your integrity and then having to make the right decision. For most of you know that I'm working for the summer youth program this year, and it's been very, very trying for the last two weeks. A lot of new people are working alongside of me, and they don't really know how to process this whole thing, plus it's disorganized. That's, I'm setting the groundwork. And because of the stress, we've been thrown into some situations that uh, they didn't know what to do with, around a bunch of children, and, you, and all of us know the worst thing is to be unorganized, no, not have any direction when you're dealing with teenagers. You know, things need to be settled and forward when it comes to teenagers. But anyway, two of my coworkers last week, in the midst of the stress, had a very heated conversation in the midst of 80 youth in the room, teenagers. And I looked up and I was like, oh my God, I don't believe they did this in front of these kids. And so I had the opportunity to minister to both of them. And I did that one on Sunday and then one on Monday. One I talked to over the phone, the other I had the opportunity to talk to face-to-face -face and explain to them, you know, you were in the midst of stress, you, but you didn't handle that right. And, you know, it, it's not like it's uncommon for it to happen. But anyway, so we talked about it, and I explained to them that really should not have happened. You're adults. So you get, you, we've got to learn to hold some stuff when it comes to children. Lo and behold, yesterday we had another kind of hot time and teenagers all around and nobody's knowing what to do and one of my co-workers this one of the same ones in the first altercation she's very high strung let's put it the way very high strung she's talking all over top of people and she's not giving good directions and she's not listening and she's not and i found myself raising my voice at her and then she said, oh, let me, let me go back. When I counseled both of them, I said, you need to go back and apologize to each other because it's not, not either your nature to treat people this way. And so, and we were going to work together. You know, somebody needs to 
step forward, and they both said they would, and I believe they have so far. But, but anyway, so I, I hollered at her. Listen, and that's what I said to her. She said, "Did you just holler at me in front of all these people?" And immediately the Holy Spirit came to me and reminded me of the counsel I gave to them. And I said, in front of 85 students, I said, please forgive me. I didn't mean to holler. We're, we're trying to move too much. And, I'm, and I was sincerely sorry. I did. I, and I sincerely apologetic. Not just sorry, apologetic. Why am I saying that? Because when it comes to integrity, we're good to give out about what your integrity be. Mm -hmm. But you, we have to be an example. And the minute you, you're in, you question someone else's note that is coming, yours is coming right behind you. That's right. Amen. Assistant. No, real quick, I just wanted to touch on something you spoke about earlier, and it's the same thing dealing with Joseph, and it talks about, and um, he says, how does, how leaders deal with circumstances in life tells you many things about his character. Crisis doesn't necessarily make character but it certainly does reveal it. Adversity is a crossroads that makes a person choose one or two paths. It says character or compromise. It says every time, every time. There you go, bro. Every time he, he remembers, he, he remembers Joseph, why Joseph ended up in prison. He said, remember why Joseph uh, ended up in prison? He says, every time you choose character, he be you become stronger, mm -hmm. even if the choice brings negative consequences. He says, remember why Joseph went to prison, mm -hmm. and you spoke about that. Mm -hmm. So sometimes we make some choices, building our character is going to create some negative consequences. So sometimes you're gonna, it's, it's going to put you in a bad situation, but you're doing the right thing. And some people don't want to do the right thing because of the good, consequences. Rob, that's good. He says, the development of a character is at the heart of our development. He says, if, we, if you want God's perspective on life, then make sure you develop your character. It's the only way. Mm -hmm. That was good, Rob. Mother Gloria, please. It, I heard you talk a while ago about um, Christ's sweat because mm -hmm. drops of blood. Mm-hmm. You know, when we have our children and working for them so hard, mm -hmm. you sweat because the Bible told you. Absolutely. By the sweat of your face, you shall eat bread. So Christ worked so hard for us. That's why you sweat become drops of blood. He worked hard for us to get our health and strength. He worked hard for us to get food on the table. He worked hard for us for long life and prosperity. He worked so hard for us even when him going to the cross, him know what was going to happen to us and told the Father that forgive us because we know not what we... So that's the blood, that's the sweat become blood, the way he works hard for us. Amen. Praise God. Amen. And that was some hard work that he was doing. Amen. Um, there's another scripture I would like to read and then uh, we're going to... Uh, reconvene uh, next week. Um, this scripture is uh, Proverbs chapter 28. Proverbs chapter 28 verse 6. And it says this, better 
is a poor man who walks in his integrity. Let me say that again. Better is a poor man who walks in his integrity than a rich man who is crooked in his ways. So it has nothing to do with how much you got in your pocket. God don't care about that. He's looking at the character. He's looking at the heart of the individual to see who you really are. And God will allow us to be tested. He just will. Um, this verse can lead you to think on different things. I would like to focus on eternity. Uh, the poor man who walks with Jesus is going to rejoice in his passing. The rich man who is living the life and boasting in his sins will die in his sins and face God's wrath. God is looking for people who, you know, some people are motivated by how much they got in their pocket and thinking that they got it going on, as we would say, and really don't have nothing going on. Zero. Nothing. Go ahead, Rob. Do your thing, man. You, we got four minutes. Just one more. Um, the Spirit of the Lord is moving. Go ahead. I, I was, um, when I was away, I had an opportunity. I met a gentleman while I was there and we were sharing and um, we were talking and he said, he said to me, he said, my father asked me one thing. He said, how do you determine your worth? And me, I didn't know where he was at as far as mm -hmm. um, his, his thought pattern. And I was thinking worldly and I was, I was speaking about income and stuff like that. And he was like, no, my dad was talking about character. He was said, your worth is determined by your character. He said, if your character is lined up, he said, it will determine your worth. He said, when, when you're worthy and, you're, and, and, and your character is so built up and, and fortified in God and you're doing all the right things, anything you want, God will put people in place to make that happen for you. He said he will put people in place. So he said it's not about dollars. He said it's about your character. That determines your worth. That was excellent. Um, let me read that scripture that I really didn't agree with, but I'm going to read it again. Uh, Proverbs 3 and 3, verse, and number 4, verse 4 as well. Are you Okay. All right. Read it there. It's a little different. Uh, Probably better, in my opinion. <laughs> uh, Proverbs 3 and 3, if I can find it. Okay, Proverbs 3 and 3 and 4 it says, Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about the neck. Write them upon the tables of thine heart. So, verse 4 is one of my favorites. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Mm -hmm. 
you'll find favor. So if you're faithful, as it was read in the beginning, let love and faithful, faithfulness never leave you. Bind them about your neck. And there, again, we're going to get into more depth as far as faithfulness is concerned and talking about the three byproducts of faithfulness. And, you know, I don't want anybody to get confused, but we're trying to get those things that encompass faithfulness, uh, which are byproducts. And this is why I talk about what a byproduct is. I mean, if you have different metals, there are different types of metals within that metal that make up that metal. Okay? All right. Praise God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, amen. Um, 